Houston, we have a podcast. Welcome to the official podcast of the NASA Johnson Space Center, episode 224, Radio Waves. I'm Gary Jordan, and I'll be your host today. On this podcast, we bring in the experts, scientists, engineers, astronauts, all to let you know what's going on in the world of human spaceflight. NASA is always looking at new and interesting ways to reach out to the American public and share what we're doing. You see it often with social media, a rapidly changing medium with new platforms popping up all the time. You see it with our mission broadcasts and how they've changed for NASA's commercial crew program, and you've definitely heard it on podcasts, this one and maybe some of the other ones we have at NASA as well. NASA also partnered with a radio station called Third Rock Radio to share NASA's story through audio platforms. Third Rock is about to celebrate their 10th anniversary, so on this occasion, we thought it'd be a good time to bring in some guests to talk about this relationship, this medium of online radio, and its history. Joining us are Donna McKenzie and Steve Robison, both radio personalities at RFC Media. They both have a lot of experience in radio, and they share what this medium offers to share NASA's message over the past 10 years. So, let's get right into it. Enjoy. T-minus five seconds and counting. Mark. Hey, Donna and Steve, thank you so much for coming on Houston. We have a podcast today. Great. We're so glad to be here. We're big fans of you, Gary. So Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> well, it's great to have professional radio personalities on. I think this is going to be fantastic. Happy 10th anniversary to Third Rock to the both thank of you. Thank you. Thank yes, you. We are so up. excited. Yeah. Yeah. Right around the corner. Um, I think this is the perfect time to to just dive into what you guys are all about at Third Rock and, and get a little bit into talking about just your background and what got you to where you are. Uh, Donna, we'll start with you. Um, both of you, longtime radio personalities in radio for a long time. Me, I feel like compared to you guys, I am just getting started. So, so tell me about <laughs> your uh, tell me about your your career there, Donna. Well, um, I started in college and I just stayed with radio as my career. I was always a huge fan of music, just obsessed with music and uh, just found a way to work in the industry. And I love being around music and musicians. But the most interesting thing about being in radio for the long time is how you develop a relationship with your audience. And that is super rewarding. You have a chance to do a lot of things that are pretty cool. So I've been in Houston radio for quite a long time, and I've moved into doing some online stations as well. I also have other voiceover business that I do for the concert industry. But Third Rock is a passion. Absolutely. So I'm super happy to be here. <laughs> And uh, you, you talked about connect, uh, connecting with your audience audience and developing a relationship. How have you seen that change just over your career, right? Because radio has changed over time. How have you seen that change, a connection with the audience change as technology gets better? You know, as technology gets better, yes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's great for terrestrial radio. So mm. online radio is pretty much where the growth is. And so it's a little bit of a different animal, but you still have the opportunity to connect with an audience, to do things that matter. And uh, I think technology has just made better radio more accessible to more people and things like Third Rock possible because it couldn't be the way it was before, you know, the Internet. So it's, it's, it's evolved, definitely. And we're definitely going to get into that today, just what, you know, what internet radio is and, and how a little bit more about that growth as well. 
before we get into that, Steve, tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, kind of a similar story. I was in college. I knew I wanted to do media. I just didn't know what. And then I got a tryout at the radio station, the campus station, and I just fell in love with it. And I've been doing it pretty much ever since. Similar to Donna, I came back to my hometown of Houston, and I've been working in radio here at various stations throughout the years. And uh, then I went to Birmingham, Alabama for a while, opened a few radio stations there. Came back home when our, the creator of uh, pretty much of Third Rock Radio asked me to come back home and help do some projects with him, and I've been doing Third Rock ever since. Well, let's get right into that then. You're talking about both of you are talking about Third Rock, and I'm sure a lot a lot of our listeners are thinking, okay, let's I, I want to know what this is. So, so tell me tell me a little bit about that, Steve. We'll start with you about what Third Rock is, its goals, just internet radio. What is Third Rock? Third Rock Radio was a brainchild of a couple of people here at uh, RFC Media, and basically the idea was taking the idea of discovery, and that's almost the the metaphor that we use, is uh, we want people to be able to uh, discover new music. And we also got the idea, since we are based in Houston, why not work and let people discover what's going on with NASA? So what we like to call ourselves is the uh, biggest cheerleader for NASA. Whatever NASA is involved <laughs> with, we want to be a part of it. We want to spread the word about that. So we try to give people who are listening to Third Rock Radio not only the best new music that they can really get into, but uh, we use that, the music, as a platform to kind of bring them in and they're learning about NASA and things going on with STEM programs and space. And just uh, that's kind of our uh, the way we hook them in is by great music. And then we like to teach them as much as much as we can about what's going on with NASA and the space program and stuff at JSC and all all, all around. Sounds like a bait and switch. But if you like music and you like <laughs> space, it's, it's, it's I think it, I think it works out. Right. Pat likes um, to say he, that we wrap the message of NASA <laughs> around something that really matters to, you know, young adults, which is music. So and that's so, just sort of the way that we present it. Okay, so it sounds like your audience is young adults. You're you're getting them the music that they enjoying, and you're teaching them about stuff that they may be interested in. Them. Where are people coming in from? How how do people get to listen to online radio? So we're you know you can launch Third Rock on NASA.gov, ThirdRockRadio.net also, and uh, we're on the TuneIn app as well. So lots of ways to pull Third Rock in, and we have since we started. We have been logging, you know, social media interaction with different people and just what countries we're hearing from. And we have heard from people in over 60 countries. It really blew up really fast. For some reason, we're really big in Brazil. I d so. I've never been to Brazil, but I want to go. I know, me we, too. Have a, we have a lot of fans there for whatever but reason. Seriously, Russia and Brazil and Sweden and Canada and the UK and Europe and even listeners from South Korea, Japan. And of course, um, all over. Basically, it's just been. Do you get fantastic. to interact with them at all and and see? You know, what what are they what are they saying about it? Are they talking to you and saying, "Oh, I really enjoy this," or "I like the music"? Yes, yes. And you know what's awesome. interesting is because we really stress new rock discovery, and we're not beholden to any formatics aside from our own, you know, standards. Mm -hmm. People send us music from all over the world. Play my band. And we have. <laughs> Some bands we, we have cool. Yes, we have. We've solicited music. Um, we, we can't play it all, but it's been really interesting to, to know how people get engaged and really want to hear their music on Third Rock. Very good. Do you do, um, are, are you in different languages too? To You know, if you do Portuguese or something for the Brazilian no, audience or something? Oh, I wish. Oh, uh, that'd be funny. Yeah. <laughs> I actually need to learn Portuguese, but that hasn't <laughs> happened yet. I, I do. I don't even know how to say hello in Portuguese, unfortunately. <laughs> that would be that would be a nice little. Well, call my best out, friend but... just moved there, so I'll, I'll find out for you. Oh, very good, very <laughs> good. 
Now, Donna, you said you said online radio. You say ha- has 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 really grown and changed over time. How how exactly from from when you first started? Let, let let's take it because we're talking about the ten, we're talking about Third Rock on its tenth anniversary. Taking it from from the first year to year ten. Yeah, the first year. So I was in on the first year. I think um, Cruz and I were the first two on our talents for Third cool. Rock. And, you know, we just started ourselves from scratch with the Space Act agreement and putting the music together and just having the idea of what the target audience might be, people who are, you know, engaged in STEM and people who are totally, you know, interested in music. And, you know, I threw up a Facebook page back then and we were surprised at how much traction it got. So we really had to start by ourselves with social media to grow Third Rock. And that's pretty much how how any internet station grows if you don't have a bigger platform. And, you know, we were doing all of this ourselves. But eventually we got more participation and our social media ball was really rolling and Twitter and Instagram. And we were able to to get it together to do some travel and do some really great shows uh, broadcasting live for Third Rock. And I think that in itself really brought in new listeners. And it's just been a fantastic journey. So we've been able to do some really, really cool things that the first year I couldn't have imagined. <laughs> well, tell me about some of the travel. Where were you going? What what kinds of folks were you talking to and engaging with? Well, um, so over the years, this might come under, you know, the the subject matter of, of some of the things that we've brought to the audiences. But mm-hmm. I think the first thing that we did was we traveled with our recording equipment to the Intrepid Air and Space Museum for the installation of the Enterprise, the shuttle Enterprise. And we got to interview Charles Bolden, who was director at the time, and, and just really just be a part of it. And it was just fascinating to be hands-on and to meet a lot of people and do some great interviews. And then um, we did a live broadcast with the USA uh, Science and Engineering Festival in Washington, D.C. Got to interview a lot of great people there. Then we started getting the idea that maybe we could just kind of have access to an astronaut. That would be so cool, yeah. you know, to bring a show. <laughs> and it's not, you know, we, we weren't surprised to learn that a lot of scientists and engineers and astronauts are musicians themselves. So we approached Joe Acaba and created the Joe Show, basically stressing, you know, a teacher can become an astronaut, so you can too. And he was hip to it, so we put together the first Joe Show, and he was, uh, that was during his year of education on the on the ISS. Mm-hmm. And he was just super happy to do it, and he talked about his pathway to NASA, teaching, his background, and, you know, got to introduce records and, and be a DJ. So we did that, and then we had him back for a second time. We also did the Mohawk Guy radio show. Do you remember uh, Bobak Ferdozi, who was the engineer for, yes, yes, with the Mohawk. So he was so cool. He was credited (laughs) with, you know, making science look super hip, you know, no Mm -hmm. more white shirts and pocket protectors for NASA scientists. And so we got him and he's a huge uh, music fan. So he was a lot of fun to work with. We did a show from the International Space Station with Scott Kelly, where he recorded and sent down all of his parts for a show that we put together uh, for his year in space, and we broadcast live for the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landings, mm-hmm. moon landing, and that was a huge show. We got to really dig into the, the special details of each of the Apollo missions and pull those features together and present them, and we love doing this. We just live, eat, breathe, and sleep it. And then, Yeah, I could totally tell from the passion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I was cutting you off. I'm sorry. You were going oh, into another no thing. 
No. And then um, NASA Moon Tunes, that was a cool love project. <laughs> so um, we were approached by, by NASA to, to create a program where we would ask listeners to vote for their favorite tunes in case you want to put a playlist together to have a trip back to the moon, which takes approximately three days. So we had listener submissions from all over the world. And we, you know, tallied them up and we created a whole weekend of NASA moon tunes. And it was so cool. I uh, sat next to the person, Leah Cheshire, who, yes. who thought about that idea and yes. uh, it, it just exploded. It it, um, it took off because I think it, for exactly the reason that you're saying is people get like people are imagining themselves on this three day trip. On a road and trip, thinking, right. Yeah, on that road trip. And they want to say, this is what I would listen to. And they wanted to, everybody got to be you know, they get to put a piece of themselves on this road trip. And I think it was, you know, just extremely engaging like that. It's, and that's the beautiful thing about music, it seems, in terms of discovery and, and, and listening to all these things is that it's a very personal thing, right? Uh, everybody gets to add a little bit about themselves um, and to this story. Absolutely. And uh, it was it was just a fascinating thing to work on. And speaking of Leah, she is a poster child for why we believe Third Rock matters, because when we first met her, she said that she listened to Third Rock while she was in college, dreaming of a career at NASA. And look and at her so, now. And look at her now. And so. we get to work with her from time to time. She's awesome. <laughs> those yeah, are the so, best stories, right? When yeah, you, yes, I, 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 get, I get those same things. Um, when, when, you know, I can, I can talk about data and listenership all I want, but when I hear that a person listens to this podcast, or listen, and I'm sure you're the same thing with this radio, listens to that radio and says, man, this is what I want to do with my life. There's nothing that really means more than that. Yeah, and she's not the only one who's told us. We were approached by several yeah. different people at some live broadcast right. who said, I've been listening to you, and this is what inspired my career trajectory to NASA. Because I I think a big part of what excites me about bringing Third Rock and NASA's conversations to fresh ears is the possibility that you can make a goal, you can follow a pathway, you can follow your dreams, and there is a place at NASA if you work for it. Steve, I've listened. I listened to a couple of your interviews because uh, that's another thing you do besides playing the, the the music. I've seen you get to interview a lot of cool people um, from all around NASA, from other places, and um, I, from what I've seen, you know, you're you're very very engaging in your style of interviewing people. You get people excited, and and it seems like it's it's an easy thing to do. And you might, um, I, I think, I can sympathize with you on this because it's the same thing on this podcast. Is it's really easy to reach out and try to get someone to be passionate about what they're talking about because they already are. Uh, you, you find that just in anyone you talk to at NASA. No, I totally agree with you. And that's been a lot of fun. I get to do a lot of the interviews here. And uh, I've, I've met so many people that are at NASA that, to be honest with you, I didn't know they were over there. I didn't know who they were. And we did a feature <laughs> a few years ago and because there's so many people who work within NASA and all the different aspects of it. And I put together something I just called, you know, Faces of NASA and where I just would pick somebody and say, OK, I'm going to interview this person whose job is this and this and this. And I would get them on, on the line and talk with them. And it was just a blast because the stories they had and people wouldn't know who they were, but how important and integral they were to whatever mission they were working on at the time. And I kind of it was kind of fun for them because they got to, you know, talk about their gig. And then I had fun with them because I didn't know anything about what they did, but I, <laughs> but I got to learn about it. So it was just a, a, a mutual love fest. And we had a lot of fun doing stuff like that. But I've had a chance to interview a lot of people who have worked at NASA. I mean, in my work in terrestrial radio, it was a big deal to interview musicians and whatnot. Right. And I still get to interview mus musicians with Third Rock. But I mean, 
I've had a chance to interview astronauts, people who have been on the moon in space. And that's that that's mind blowing. If you think it's like, wow, look at this guy I'm talking to. <laughs> so I kind of freak out sometimes when I'm interviewing these people. It's a very natural thing to do just because of how, I mean, you're talking about very, very interesting aspects of interviewing very cool people in the music industry and very cool people in the space industry. And and, and that's what I want to explore here for a second is just this marriage. Um, Donna, you talked about earlier in the career when you, when you were talking about the Space Act with NASA and bringing these ideas of discovery together, discovery with rock and discovery with space. How did, how did that inception come about and, and that approach of, to NASA saying, hey, I have this crazy idea. Why don't we mix rock and NASA? So our fearless leader, he is Pat Fant, and he has he has come up with some crazy ideas throughout his lifetime. But he <laughs> is the one who, who I asked him earlier today, I said, so how did you first conceive of it? He said, well, I was sitting in the parking lot eating a hamburger. <laughs> and, and, he's, and he said, you know, I, just, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool if NASA had a radio station and we can do that? And, you know, just putting the message out there for, for NASA to people who are interested in music and maybe interested in STEM but don't know everything that's, I mean, you really aren't going to get a billboard up that says sit down with the NASA website and spend every day all day. We do it for you, you know, so there's so much content and so much uh, information and tools for people to have their pathways and inspiration to NASA on the website. And we draw from that every day. And so it just became a really cool way to present it, not too sciencey, not too preachy, sound bites wrapped around music and uh, just cool stuff because it's endless. And mm-hmm. we thought that that would be a great way to to basically get some great music going, but also to wrap NASA's message around it. We'd like to say that we're huge NASA geeks and we believe music matters, so we put it together every day. Wonderful. Um, So what does the Space Act allow you to do when you come into an agreement with NASA and you say, hey, we want to tell this story? Does that provide you maybe better access to to certain materials and information and and allow you to tell these stories? It does open some doors because okay. uh, once once people say in Washington here we we have a Space Act agreement they're like oh okay so we can talk to you about this kind of stuff so and basically the Space Act agreement is just you know we are just we're working together with NASA and that we don't uh, we don't receive money from say taxpayers or anything like that anything mm-hmm. that we do you know monetarily it's it's all sponsored driven by people that we have, have sponsorships and partnerships with but the space act agreement has been great for us because it has allowed us access to talk with you gary it's allowed us access to talk with a lot of people in washington and other parts of nasa that we may not be able to talk with so it's been it's been great to have yeah, and I know from the NASA side, right, reading into the Space Act, the idea is we're always trying to get our messaging out there in, in various forms sure. to, to various audiences, and this is just a new one, or an internet radio. So, so let's you know, let's let's find the ways. Our charter is to get that message out about NASA and what we're doing, mm-hmm. and so what's the best ways to do that? And so, so this is this is a, it's a mutual relationship. You guys get Absolutely. great, Absolutely. great, yeah, yeah, very much so. Now, now the interesting part here, I think that that is unique to at least a lot of the guests that I talk about or talk with, is that you have this idea of music too. And this is a you know I, I do these podcasts with, and I talk a lot of you know science objectives, but I never get to dabble too much in the music. So, so tell me about this world, about um, how how you mix the 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 how, where, what kinds of music are you playing? Where are you pulling it from? How are you mixing it in with this NASA content? 
Go ahead. We both were like, huh? We'll, we'll me, both. me, me, me. <laughs> go ahead, Donna. You go first. Well, I was, let me just say that you would be surprised at how many artists are just NASA geeks, huge fans. Like awesome. Steve and I were at a show once. It was my morning jacket, and the lead singer had a NASA shirt on. Mm -hmm. You know, um, when we went down to tour the Johnson Space Center, we saw all the signatures of all these rock stars who had been through and done the same tour and were huge fans. Uh, just in some of the interviews I've done, like I interviewed Ed Robertson the other day from Bare Naked Ladies, and uh, I did not realize this, but back in like 2013, they worked with uh, the astronaut who was on board the ISS, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. I want to say Tim Matthews, but bottom line, they did a song together. He did kind of like what we did with Joe Acaba. He was performing mm -hmm. on the ISS, and the band was down here on Earth, and they performed together. So just it's it, a number of the interviews and people that we've come across in the music world are huge NASA fans. And in fact, when they come through Houston, they get tours to go visit Johnson Space Center because they want to see even more about NASA. So it's been good in that regard. You know, it sounds like this this idea of bringing rock and, and, and just music in general and, and space together sounds like when you're talking to musicians, it is an easy way to inject space into the conversation and it sounds like a lot of them are are already engaged in some in some way shape or form so that marriage it seems like is is making a lot of sense just in just in the music realm by itself I had an interview with uh, a guy named Dan from the band Joy Wave, and he told me that it was right before the Perseverance launch, I want to say, and he was already yeah. he had planned a, uh, a a watch party at his house. They were going to be watching the <laughs> launch with with other not only their band ma mates but other band you know bands from that that they have toured with and stuff like that. So they're out there, and they and they they make up a big part of what we do here at Third Rock. So in terms no, one of, of the, oh, go ahead, Donna. Oh. Just one of the things that um, that we knew is that, you know, there are generations of people who did not grow up with the romance of the Apollo moon landing. You know, I did. Mm. But a lot of people who are Third Rock listeners, you know, they weren't even born yet. So this, the romance of, of a certain generation that's older is a little bit missing with younger people. So we wanted to try to put something super engaging and bring it closer together and bring the romance and the excitement and the discovery and the possibility of NASA um, to a younger audience. And so Steve is the musical director. He picks the music. I think, you know, our target audience was, is anywhere between, you know, high school and young adults and anyone who's interested. We have no way of knowing exactly the demographics, but we have a huge audience. So you're playing a lot of new music then, um, new rock. New rock so discovery. It's, this is the idea of discovery, right? Is uh, you're, not, yes. you're not playing the classics. You're always playing the new stuff. Well, there'll be some classics in the alternative world and the modern you rock world. To, yeah. Like bands like, you know, like for Foo example, Fighters. yeah, Foo Fighters have a new album oh, out. Yeah. We're playing a lot of stuff from that. Coldplay has a new album out. Lord has a new album out. So we're we're hitting on some of that stuff, but we're also trying to break right. some new bands as well that are out there that are making some noise. And just from my history of doing programming in terrestrial radio, I still rely on record companies. They let me know, hey, this band's going to be out with something new in a couple of weeks. You may, you know, I'll, so I'll be on the lookout for it. So I'm always keeping my ear to the ground, if you will, with relationships with music labels on what's coming and what we need to be, you know, wanting to get on top of as quickly as we can. So you're playing all the latest music, you're introducing mm -hmm. the audience to to new stuff, you're, 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 you're trying to stay current with, uh, and then obviously you're playing some of the some of the classics as well. What other sorts of content? We talked a little bit about it, you know, a little bit of spoken content and everything, but what what can what other, what other sorts of content can folks find on Third Rock? 
We do a number of uh, what we call benchmark features that just give more insight on what's going on with uh, not only NASA, but with, with other, you know, we do a series called Innovation Now, which is just, it's something that we uh, get information on about uh, new new uh, innovations, if you will, new inventions, new technology that we think our audience would embrace. So it's not 100% NASA, but there's also stuff about technology and uh, even more STEM interaction that we like to uh, let people know about. And then we do our live breaks where Donna and myself and we have Pam Kelly at night. We all talk about the various things going on, not only in NASA, but stuff that we just think may be intriguing to our listeners. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're always, yeah, you're, you're, you're very much um, staying current, I think, with a lot of things, not just with music. You're staying current with um, you know, it making bringing on new guests, telling new stories. Now, how do you stay current with NASA? Um, you, you, we talked about the relationship with uh, with space with uh, with NASA in the Space Act agreement. Um, but how are you bringing in that fresh content? What are you doing from a radio perspective when there's a mission going on to try to engage an audience in something that's happening right now? Every day, all day <laughs> on NASA. Because it's that Gov. exciting. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, it changes so quickly. You yeah, know, yeah. Um, things get posted, you know, that if I'm if I'm trying to work ahead, sometimes I have to go back because something popped up and I want to make sure that I don't miss putting it on the air. But every day, all day, NASA.gov, we also get an inside newsletter mm-hmm. uh, of, of current events for the week from uh, Jeannie Aquino down at NASA. Oh, yeah. And... And so, you know, there it, it's just endless the amount of information that you can mine, you know, our news websites and NASA.gov, all the different segments, the technology, the human exploration, um, earth sciences, it just... It, we can't actually fit it all into a show. So every day, all day, we just sketch, sketch our, our breaks and see what is top of mind and what is present. And we direct people to NASA.gov for different events. Right. And and one thing I would add is that uh, we've developed throughout, you know, celebrating 10 years uh, this in a couple of weeks, we've developed a lot of great relationships with people, not only at Johnson Space Center, but also at uh, national headquarters for NASA. So we can call them up and say, hey, you know, we know this mission is coming. What's your what's your hot button right now? What topic do you really want us to cover? And we've gotten to know them well enough that they're like, yeah, well, you know what? The DART mission is happening this week. May want to hit on this. Da, 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 da. So it really helps because like I said, we're kind of the cheerleader and we want to talk about what you guys want us to talk about. So that's how, kind of how we kind of navigate through all the stuff. Because Donna's right. There's a ton of content out there, ton. which is exciting, but it's also overwhelming at the same time. <laughs> Trust me, you're talking to you a know guy the feeling. Constantly, oh, yeah. Constantly <laughs> you know overwhelmed. Um, just, you know, it, it takes, it, it's a lot of energy to, to work on this stuff, but then, um, you know, and it's actually works out in my favor in a way, because when I do something like this with a podcast is I'm actually have too many things to choose from. Yeah, um, there's sure. so many, there's yeah, so many it. stories to tell so many things happening concurrently. And it's, yeah, it sounds like you guys are, are witnessing the same things, especially recently. I don't know if you guys are, are, are witnessing the same things, but just in the past couple of years, how many things are happening concurrently at the same time? All, all right. It just seems like a very dense time. Right. Mm-hmm. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have the international space station uh, and all the, you know, there's all kinds of missions going up there. We have, spacewalks we have commercial crew we have science there's just there's just 
that constant stream of, of things. We have Artemis, and then I'm sure you guys are not just a, a human space flight. You're ta- we, we already, you already mentioned things like DART, the asteroid redirect mission. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a lot of probes and stuff. There's just there's just so much activity, so much to learn. And I wonder if you're just l- pulling from NASA or are, are you exploring some of the commercial elements as well? Because now NASA's really not the only the only player in the U.S. town, right? We got we got commercial companies and and all, especially even in Houston, a lot of commercial companies in Houston um, working in space and and contributing. And so there's there's even more to tell if you if you go outside of NASA. Sure. Yeah. We you know we search not just. Uh, NASA.gov, but also every NASA news story or related news story or space-related news story or, you know, even covering topics like SpaceX or or um, ULA or uh, just technology even, you know, that may or may not relate to NASA, but it's cool to someone who's interested in STEM. So we do cover a lot of news stories that are, are interested, interesting in a science way, especially if it's related to NASA. So we do pull from a whole lot of sources. Steve, when you're when you're constantly dis- dis- discovering new music and and constantly looking for the latest things happening at NASA, the, there's got to be that this aspect of of learning. You're learning about new rock. You're learning about lo- new music. You're learning about new generations and and just new new content, new new things happening in space. As you're doing this throughout the years, um, what what are you really taking away from from this marriage of worlds of rock and and space? I'm just I'm blown away by by how much I learn every day. Things that you know, I, I consider myself I'm somewhat in the know on things. But every day, it feels like I'm learning something new when I either am interviewing somebody from NASA or some of of that world, or just in learning about you know stuff that I because. When when we're on the air, we don't want to sound like we know what we're talking about, if that makes any sense. <laughs> we're just big fans and space geeks who really – and I'll be reading a story like going, oh, and then on Thursday, and I'll be like, wow, I can't believe this is really going to happen. But they're doing this mm-hmm. DART mission, you know, just for example. And it's just – it's exciting. I just get – get really excited about some of the stuff I'm learning about and having the chance to talk about. Cause I'm a fan and I just, I don't want to come across as a scientist or like, I know what, I mean, I'll even on the air say, look, this is way over my head, but I'm going to tell you about something real quick. So if you want to learn more, you can go to nasa.gov, that kind of thing. That's my <laughs> approach at least. Well, see, I have to have the same approach. I'm not a, I'm not a scientist or engineer myself. I'm, I'm marketing is my background and communications. And so so I have to have this approach, and I'm, I'm curious about yours. Um, how you? Because I have to sit down and I have to talk to these um, um, super smart people, uh, almost intimidatingly smart people, about com- topics that I have no idea about. But it's my job to try to pull out the right information so that the audience um, can understand what this person is saying. And it's it's an inter- intricate balance. I, I'm sure you both can appreciate where, where you want to pull out the best information, but you want to make sure you're doing it right. And you don't want to and you want to make sure you're approaching the audience in a way where you're not over over or underestimating their intelligence. It's that it's that sweet spot of just getting the mm-hmm. right information out of a guest. Yeah, it's just bringing the enthusiasm to the question, you know. Right, exactly. Um, and when you when you interview someone like like how you do it, you know, you have to be the surrogate for the audience. You're the layperson. You know, you're not expected to be as smart as the as the guest, and we're not expected to know everything about the missions and the the you know science that we talk about. Uh, but just bringing the excitement about discovering it 
you know, learning about it, thinking about it, dreaming about what's possible. I think that's, that's where, that's where I come from. So you have to have some sort of inherent interest in this sorts of thing. And I think, I think both of you, from what I'm getting, just from, from talking to you is, is both of you have an interest in space. Now, now when we talked about your, your career and your progression throughout radio, it sounds like radio and music and, and that, that's sort of always been there, but I wonder if space has been there or if that's something that, that you sort of built over time. For me, my dad worked at NASA. Really? Okay. Yes. So he did. He did for he did for a couple of years. He was on loan uh, from the Air Force, but he got okay. suited up and did T thirty eight training, you know, missions with uh, the astronauts who were training. Uh, and he he didn't really tell us exactly what he did, but uh, it was so cool that you know he retired from NASA essentially. And we were always you know big NASA fans, and of course he was in aerospace anyway, so. So that's where I come from. So that's just natural to me. And I could not believe how this actually happened, that I get to work on a station that is associated with NASA, that brings the message <laughs> of NASA. So kind of like a dream. It was a, sort of like a curiosity with what your your dad was doing. You always have questions for him. And so it's, it's that idea of, of constantly learning. Like, well, Dad, what were you doing? He's like, ah, oh, you know. Not much. <laughs> not much. Right. Not that's much. what you get out of him. Oh, <laughs> exactly. <funny. laughs> Steve, what about you? Well, for me, just I've 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 been in Houston since I was two, so of course NASA's in our oh, backyard. Yeah. So I always was aware of uh, of NASA and the jo the Johnson Space Center and whatnot. I, I've I worked in radio because of music and concerts and and the immediacy of the the medium, which is one of my favorite things about it. Is how we can turn on a dime and start talking about something else or just moving into a different direction in terms of a, a promotion, let's say. But NASA's always been here in Houston, and when I had the chance to come work over here at RFC and I knew about Third Rock Radio, I just knew it would be something that I would fall in love with. Because as much as I like discovering new music, I like learning about. Stuff stuff like this too. Do you find that, um, so Houston, you know, in your backyard is space. Do you find the same thing for music as well, that there's a, a decent music scene here? Um, it depends on what genre you're looking for. I mean, Houston, yeah. the, the rock scene has kind of ebbed and flowed over the years, but there is sure. a, there's a viable, uh, hip hop scene here in Houston. Huge. There's a viable country scene that's growing in Houston. Texas music is really big. Uh, mm -hmm. in, in Houston. So we, there, there is, depending on what you're looking for, you can find it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. And yeah, that's very interesting. I'm a metal fan myself and Houston. Me too. Is, is <laughs> Let's fantastic. talk shop, Gary. Let's talk shop. <laughs> well, I have a great time in Houston. I'll tell you, because the live music scene for metal is, is fantastic. So, great. so I, that's, that's where I marry the two. The oh, well, I, wow. you, Gary, we'll talk off the air. Cause I got to catch up with you on some of this. <laughs> do you stuff. know the band? Do you know the band oceans of slumber? I do not. I That's do not. your next new favorite band. Just okay. I'll send you a note. Okay. All right. I'm going to look them up. No, this is great. <laughs> See, you're. You, I'm talking to the people who are music discovery. See, I was fantastic. a me I was a metalhead all throughout high school, and then when I went to college. I broadened my horizons, but metal is still my thing. It's always going to be there. So. All right. Well, yeah. Houston's the place for you. Look at that. Um, love it. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, there is a. Um, you talked about a growth of uh, of just internet radio. Um, and it sounds like you're discovering things all the time, which is great. And, uh, uh let's talk about the, the 10th anniversary here for a second. You're 10 years in, um, I want to talk about what, looking back about these past 10 years and then, and then looking forward as well. Let's start with looking back, just, um, both of you reflecting on the 10th anniversary of just 
Um, I know Donna, you've been, you, you mentioned being there since the beginning and seeing it just, just progress through. And just, if you look back on all the stories that you've, you've been able to share and all the new music you've been able to bring to audiences, just reflecting on this anniversary. Man, I just was so excited in the beginning to get a hundred likes on Facebook. You know, <laughs> that was a big deal. It was. And then, you know, then it was like 10,000 and then it was 20,000. But, uh, you know, we have what we estimate to be a minimum of 30,000 listener connections. Uh, 30 sorry, million. 30 million listener connections wow. every year. And we've seen the time spent listening. That's something that we can quantify uh, from go from just a couple of hours or maybe, you know, an average of a couple of hours or an average of less than that to an average of five hours. So people are spending time with Third Rock. And just to watch those numbers grow means that we know that what we're doing is vital and that it works. And the more we grow, the more opportunities we get to do cool stuff. <laughs> so, so, you know, just to be able to have Scott Kelly on Third Rock Radio for a two-hour show being a DJ is a dream. You know, so what's possible in the next 10 years? I hope we do more travel. I'd like that. Yeah. That would be nice. I, I would yeah. love to see a rocket launch. That would You've be never seen cool. one. I've never seen one in person. Not in person. Mm -mm. No way. Yeah, I'm about I would to see love my first to broadcast from... live. Oh, that would be great. Yes. I'll tell you what, I'm going to go out to Florida and see my first rocket launch from Florida here. Oh, I think wow. next year I'm looking oh. to do that. I Because I'm always in mission control and I'm always doing, you know, I'm actually talking about the launch from somewhere else. I never actually get to turn around and see it, but wow. I'm hoping well, to do Well, I think you need a radio time. team to go with you <laughs> when you go to Florida. So I'm I'm offering our services for you. We'll talk offering his too. We'll talk <laughs> Uh, I saw one from from Russia actually. That was the first rock oh, wow. I actually oh, wow. saw. It was fantastic. Um, when when we went to uh, not from Russia, from Kazakhstan. I flew into Russia to do the coordinating, and then and then the launch actually happened in Kazakhstan. But we were only a mile away. We were so close to the rocket, wow. and it was beautiful, beautiful to see. Uh, wow. It was cold. We did it in December, but it was beautiful. But I bet Close just the, just seeing that the the force of uh, that thing taking off, in like you said, it was a mile away. But I bet you could feel it. I mean, I, you had to be able to feel that power. Yeah, you know, you you, you watch a bunch of videos of it just because I'm in, I'm in, I'm in this world too, right? Where I'm looking at rocket yeah. launches all over, and and I get to I see them all over uh, on a video all the time. But right. you're you're exactly right. You feel them, you hear them. There there are s several different senses that you're not aware of when you're uh, when you're just watching a video of it. That you have to I think experience is the best word to to capture all of the different senses when you're when you're actually watching a launch physically. So so I can't wait to do it again. Me neither. <laughs> For the first time, Donna, we got to get right. you out there. Exactly. Uh, well, so so looking forward then. We talked about looking back, and it sounds like you, you uh, just a wonderful growth over the past 10 years, and it sounds like you're planning that for the future. Um, if you can, um, if you can uh, give us a taste of how you think maybe internet radio, you know, maybe may have been a new thing not too long ago, but how you're going to evolve that uh, with with you know technology reaching new audiences, all that sort of thing. Well, I think, you know, like you just pretty much hit it on the head. Uh, we have grown as this uh, medium and technology has grown. And what would take us, you know, days to figure out how to do just to get this music on the air to people. Now we can do it pretty quickly and it's becoming commonplace. I mean, some vehicles are offering Internet radio in their car as part of their their radio system, if you will. So it's it's growing and growing. And we've, we've been able we have a great team of 
uh, IT people that work with us. So we're able to grow as it grows and uh, we're just having fun doing it. And I just feel like if just kind of saying uh, or going on the lines of what Donna was talking about, our, Na our NASA relationships are growing as well. And that's been a blessing because we're able to get more information and be a part of more of these cool things that, you know, Five, six years ago, we wouldn't be invited to the party, but now we're able to, to attend and be a part of it. And people come to us from NASA and saying, hey, do you guys want to do this? Do you want to be on Houston? We have a podcast. And we're like, absolutely, we want to do that. <laughs> so it's been it's been a win-win for all of us. Yeah, it's uh, it, it seems like it's a growing community too. Um, just you know, we're this is this is why we're doing this podcast too. It's a new new way to reach new audiences. Sure, and I think, I think yeah. it's all part of the. So it's all excited. part of what we're all trying to do, right? Is, is yeah. we're all trying to to share this wonderful message and engage people. And uh, I think Steve, one of the things you mentioned, I think that's that's super important. Is um, you mentioned you were having fun doing it, and I think that's. I think that's really important, um, not just for for ourselves. I think selfishly, we can all say we have a lot of fun uh, get to, getting to talk to super cool people. But I think that fun translates into engagement. And um, when when we Absolutely. sound excited, uh, I think the audience gets excited. And then we get those stories like what you were talking about, where where you get a listener that is so inspired by what you're saying and doing and, and feels what you feel that that they want to have a career at, you know, whether it's in space and engineering math. Um, I think that's the ultimate goal, I think, for all of us. I agree. Absolutely. I think you're, you're, you're spot on. You can come on Third Rock anytime. I'm going to hold you to that. I'm going to hold you to that. <laughs> Uh, well, this was super fun. I uh, I really enjoyed talking to you guys um, and and connecting. It seems like uh, I like I like to talk to folks who are who, you know. It seems like we're in different worlds, but at the same time, I, I think it's very. We have apparent. the same goals. We have the same. We have missions. the same goals exactly, Donna. And I think uh, getting to talk to you, I, I already feel inspired, and I hope I hope our listeners do as well. I hope they check out Third Rock and uh, Happy Tenth Anniversary to you both. Uh, it was a pleasure to have you both on. Thank you. Thank you Gary, so much. Gary, thank you so much. This, this has been a lot of fun. Awesome. Hey, thanks for sticking around. I had a lot of fun talking with Donna and Steve today, and I hope you uh, learned something about internet radio and honestly, uh, the great conversations that we get to have on both ends. If you're interested, check out nasa.gov for the latest, and from there, you can find a link to Third Rock Radio. We are one of many NASA podcasts across the whole agency. You can check us all out at nasa.gov slash podcasts. If you want to talk to us specifically on social media, we're on the Johnson Space Center pages of Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just use the hashtag AskNASA on your favorite platform to submit an idea or ask a question. Just make sure to mention it's for us at Houston We Have a Podcast. This episode was recorded on November 22nd, 2021. Thanks to Alex Perryman, Pat Ryan, Noah Moran, Belinda Polito, and Jeannie Aquino. And of course, thanks again to Donna McKenzie and Steve Robison for taking the time to come on the show. Give us a rating and feedback on whatever platform you're listening to us on and tell us what you think of our podcast. Happy 10th anniversary to Third Rock. We'll be back next week.